You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. All right, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I've got myself, Luke, and Steve and Vicky back this Hey, week. guys. Hello. We are excited to be back together. You had a birthday since the last time we were together. Maybe. Ish. You're way older. 30, 31? Two. Whatever. Yeah. 32. That's amazing. Yeah, you was but a young 19-year-old pup when yeah, I met you. That's right. Well, yeah, it's been, it seems like it's been a minute. It's been, been a while. while. Yeah. We've had weddings and... Man, visitors and so much water under this bridge yeah <laughs> we were a lot older than we were a few weeks ago yep and mm-hmm. a lot older than we were 13 years ago so. <laughs> <laughs> well that duh yeah <laughs> but uh we are back and yeah it's good to be back it's good to be back together and we'll the band it. is back together yeah we have yeah. fun with this podcast every week it's we nice do. to get to spend uh, some time with you guys yeah it's nice we like you and, and jeremiah he's over there off, off stage yep it's I've good. been trying to pitch the idea of Jeremiah and Vicky doing a TikTok channel together because I think they've got a lot of followers. <laughs> a TikTok channel? Yeah, because they have very strange interactions. Yeah, so. yes. Jeremiah's yeah. from from Morwina, Winnipeg, right? Manitoba. Manitoba. <laughs> I wanted to get straight. Win- Winnipeg's a city. <laughs> Morwina's a town. I was trying to just really dazzle my, my Canadian friends. Oh. Manitoba is a province. Yep. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you do have hard time. Sorry for all my friends. All of you Canadians, please forgive her for not knowing as much about your country as you know about (laughs) her. I do though, I know a lot. Oh, that's funny. Jeremiah might. Her best friend is Canadian and she can't even figure out what Manitoba and Winnipeg are. (laughs) She's in BC. I will let her know that you have offended her greatly. Maybe we'll get another person listening. <laughs> One yeah. more person. One more. But yes, Jeremiah has a little bit indecisive, and Vicky might like to oh, push yeah. his buttons about that. If he wants He's wonderful. Yeah. Hopefully his parents <laughs> are listening. Jeremiah is wonderful. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Platt. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's, <laughs> let's jump in. <laughs> Goof city, man. Uh, so today we're in John uh, chapter 2. We're going to talk about the story of Jesus uh, clearing out the temple oh, courts. So. Oh, no. Yep. (laughs) Let's have a read. So uh, chapter 2, verse 13 onwards. Uh, When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So he made the whip out of cords and drove them drove all of them out from temple courts both sheep and cattle he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves he said get out of here stop turning my father's house into a market wow and his disciples remember that it is written zeal for your house will consume me and then Jew, but even they go back the Jew, then the Jews said to him what sign do you show us about your authority of doing these things yeah. which would be good too yeah. right yeah. oh my son's calling me. I didn't turn my phone off. <laughs> there you go. So this is one of those stories that you probably heard a lot of times. And um, I, I know that when people read this, they sometimes people take it to mean just on face value that we shouldn't sell things yes. in church. But I, is that what it's saying to us, Steve? Well, I think, I think it's to not make God's holiness about making money. Hmm. Um I think that to say you can't sell something in church or 
I think I think what it's really against is being a den of thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, stealing, using God's kingdom to steal. Mm-hmm. Men, uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. They turn it into a den of thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said, you know. The law and the prophets were preached until John, and then since John, men have been taking the kingdom, preaching it, and men take it and forcefully change it into what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that fits here so uh, very perfectly. And Jesus shows that he's not just irritated. He's not just pointing out, you know, you're blowing it, dude. <laughs> he he makes a cord of whip. Right. He makes a cat a of nine tails, yeah. scourge a, a scourge, yeah. and he chases them around <laughs> trying to whip them with it and 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 it says drove them he drove them mm-hmm. anytime you say these this is a cattle drive and they're the drovers are pushing the cattle there's they're they're snapping you know someone gets out of line they smack them and and this is he drove them out of the temple mm-hmm. and so what he was taking them out of was his presence mm-hmm. He says, my name is I am that I am, the Mm. one who is with you. My actual identity as your God is the only God that's with you. And so this temple was built to be the place of his dwelling place where they would come see him when they wanted to be. So he kind of humanized himself in one way prior to becoming a human born in the flesh. He humanized himself by creating a place you could visit him. Before that, it was the mountain that Moses visited him on, you know, and they would say that's a mountain God lives on. Hmm. But mostly he clearly says I'm everywhere in everything about everything. And so he made a, a place to come visit God and they turned it into what they wanted it to be about them making money. And, and it really was this this wasn't about selling a sheep so you could sacrifice and you know god wanted it to cost a man money or cost a man something you know be a costly thing to provide a sheep it had to be your best sheep which would make best sheep make best sheep when they have babies and so you had to take one of your future best sheep makers and sacrifice it for your sin therefore wishing that you hadn't sinned and looking forward to not sinning again so that was the goal of the sheep thing. And so it wasn't that they sold sheep. It was that they cheated people with the sheep. They told the people which sheep were no good and which ones were good. And so you'd bring a sheep and they'd say, that one's no good. If you want to get forgiven of sin or foreborn of sin, have it pushed off in the future, you have to get one of these sheep over here. And they would charge them double for the sheep. So we'll trade you our sheep and 10 shekels or 10 denarii or something. And they would pay them the sheep and the denarii. And they'd take the sheep they just rejected, walk it around the outside, bring it in the other door, and it'd be in the pen for the next guy who could have chose that sheep to be the perfect sheep. Mm-hmm. And so they were really cheating. And the money changers were changing temple money instead of being, you know, it's kind of like your pound is worth more than our dollar. Mm-hmm. And so you come in to buy dollars, and I say, no, no, no. The dollar's more than the pound. And for 10 pounds, I give you $8. Whereas for 10 pounds, I should have given you $13. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cheating people out of their money. If you want to make an offering, it has to be temple money. So you give me uh, eight of your denarii, and I'll give you, you get way less equivalent in temple money to buy your uh, sacrifice or to buy your offering for the wow. Lord. So who and was so, keeping the money? The, the high uh, the, priest? The, the priests in the temple. The temple. And they were cheating the people. 
And so that's what he means by den of thieves. Wow. It's not selling things for the good of people. Like, oh, you don't have a sheep? Well, I can sell you a sheep. Look, it's to forgive your sins, I'll give it to you for less. Mm. No. Or I'll even give you one of my sheep to sacrifice, brother, so you can be forgiven or so you can be relieved from your sins. No, it was I'm going to cheat you and make you harm you to get to be able to do your sacrifice. But all of that together, once you understand the context and what's what's the you you have the scene laid out in front of you of these thieves Mm -hmm. and all these poor people having to dig into their family's food money to be able to get their sins foreborn and to be do what's right before the Lord to follow God. They want to be obedient. And these guys are making it harder and harder and harder, teaching them the precepts of men as the doctrines of God. Jesus even claims you make it impossible for these people to follow me. That you make it impossible for these people to obey God. You, you, the very thing you're here to do, making helping them follow God, you're making it impossible for them to follow God. Right. And so the real story is Jesus's response to this kind of religious life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching a show the other day and the guy says there's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. And I'm only speaking this prophecy to 1,000. I'm only speaking to that many people. The rest of you, this isn't for you. But God's telling you that he's got this great harvest for you from your seed you plant. And if you'll plant a $1,000 seed. Oh, my gosh. He'll, you know, and so he's, he, he sells this promise, right? Wow. And so people are, he expects 1,189 people to give him $1,000, which is 1.189 million. And I mean, that's a huge, and then, then brags about how God blesses him Mm. and he has a plane and he has a fur coat and he's, you know, he's got this mansion Mm. and he's got a house in Vail and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's this crazy using the kingdom, using the message of the gospel. What he's really using is their faith in God to manipulate them into giving their hard-earned money to him wow. with the expectation of God's blessing is based on you writing a check to him. Wow. And it makes no sense whatsoever that anybody would hear it, but they do out of the hope in their heart for God to, to see them and reward them and bless them. The things that are already true on the cross, right? They're already true by by what Jesus has done on the cross. It's the blessing is already ours, mm. and this and people try to sell it. That's what these guys were doing. And see, even the, anybody today who says God's telling me five hundred five people are going to give five hundred dollars in the offering, all of those people that do that, they 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 ri- they really risk, in my opinion, Jesus making a scourge of cords and driving them out of the temple, mm. driving them out of the presence of God. Mm. Today, the temple, he no longer lives in hands, uh, temples built by hands, but in the hearts, souls, and minds of men and women who believe in him, who love him. And all things are called together. All things work together for those who are called according to his purpose and who love him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he's looking for people to love him. And he, he is still chasing people out of his temples, out of the presence, who come looking to cheat the people to get them to uh, bless bless themselves and, and not him. Wow. And it says, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Hmm. And, it, and you know, it's not about the ability. You know, you can sell things in church. You can have fundraisers. What's your purpose? What, what are you doing? Are you really cheating people? Hmm. Are you giving them a $2 taco for $2,000? <laughs> 
No, you're giving them a $2 taco for $2. Mm. Hoping that there'll be enough profit, you'll make enough money to be able to take the kids to camp where they will hear about Jesus. They will try, try to get them to fall in love with Jesus. People do resist that. But I think that it's clearly the motive and clearly that whether you're a thief or not. Mm. And, and I think in that case, it's really good to see that Jesus reacts strongly. Wow. Here he's really angry. Later on, he weeps over Jerusalem. Mm. Jesus wept, right? And um, John's best at showing us these emotions because it, it was John who wrote in Revelations, uh, I wish that you were hot or cold because you are lukewarm. I will spew you out of my mouth. He really did give Jesus some character and, and some uh, emotional um, responses to where he, he told us about those things so that we would have a good vision of Jesus. I think we can see him because we can see him angry. We can see him grieved and crying. We can see him warning. We can believe that he's laughing. Wow. That he's yeah. thrilled and excited by his his disciples. I think it's um, <coughs> as, he was, as Steve was talking. I just you know oftentimes in in the, the years I've been a Christian, people have gotten really bowed up about what Steve's talking about mm-hmm. selling you know tacos that, you know in the t-shirts you know, t-shirts yeah. and they and it seems like they what is they spit you spit out a, a camel to swallow a fly. What has it go? You strain a gnat and swallow a camel. Yeah, and it's like when when you read this scripture, he took a whip to the religious leaders. You know, it's and it's like you're missing the most important thing in what Steve just talked about is is that the 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 selling of Jesus, the selling of of freedom and and uh, salvation forgiveness. and forgiveness, and it's like. You, you, all you care about is we shouldn't sell a taco in the foyer on Sunday mornings. And I think I think in context, that doesn't really matter, like Steve said. And I just, um, it's interesting because you hear this a lot. And But but what stuns me so much is the amount of emotion that Jesus, Jesus showed. Mm. Because I think in Christianity nowadays, there is a little bit of a milquetoast Jesus. There's a little bit of a, a Jesus who doesn't show emotions. And he speaks, it looks like he's very, very emotionally driven to movement and action when he saw what was happening in his father's house, a temple. And I imagine now that, you know, now in the new covenant, like Steve said, we are the temple. I imagine he doesn't cotton too well to people duping us. His, his children or trying to uh, use the gospel for just money like, mm. you know, again, like he was talking about. So it's really a very, very deep scripture that I think has so many facets to it that are really intriguing to me. Yeah. So another angle to this, and I know this is one of your messages, Steve, is that zeal on this occasion was to do with the money but you you often use the phrase do you think this was the only time that zeal ever consumed them about his house right so you talk a little bit about that so the biggest point in that is what is his house yeah Mm. and zeal consumes him for his house in that day it was that building but then he moved out of that building and out of that box the covenant Mm -hmm the Ark of the Covenant, and came to us and made his home in us. One of his parting shots at the uh, disciples, one of the parting teachings, my father and I will make our home in you. As he's praying for the disciples, he's talking about how they're safe because they're with him. And so zeal for his house has consumed him, and we are his house. So he has zeal for us. 
That's not really what it means. You can turn it into, oh, he loves me. Mm -hmm. But the truth is he has zeal for where he lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty important to look at it that way and say, if I'm his house, I better not make it a den of thieves. Mm -hmm. If I'm his house, I better not wow. be using it for my own advantage. If I'm his house, so I should realize he's zealous. And, and if he's going to live there, he's going to want it to be right. And ha honoring to God and loving to the Lord. And in Jesus' case, in loving to everyone around us. And so this you know, passion he has, the anger he shows here. Like I said before, the, the grieving, the tears over Jerusalem, how I wish you would have, but you would not. Mm. Let me take care of you. You would not. Let me put my, you know, take your burdens on me, but you would not. And it's just throughout the seven letters in the book of Revelations, he said, I would have done this. I would do this if you only would, but you would not. And because this, I'm going to, wow. and then he tells these terrible things, you know, and a lot of it's, I'm not going to write, I'm going to erase your name or I'm not going to erase your name, either one. And uh, I'm going to give you this incredible gift if you do these things. And so his zeal for his house is what made him so uh, able to submit himself unto death without calling the angels to rescue him. Yeah. It made him able to submit himself unto death knowing that, they and it made him submit, knowing that these people were uh, horridly evil. But they weren't being horridly evil, faking like they were God's people. He said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they oh. do." These guys swinging the hammer, these guys swinging their fists. Wow! You know, the ones slinging the whip. They weren't doing it to try to pretend they're with God. They weren't doing some righteous thing. They were following orders and. So zeal for his house. I mean, he, he wasn't mad there when they were whipping him. He wasn't mad when they nailed him. They weren't, he wasn't, weren't mad when they stabbed him with a spear. He, in fact, said, Father, forgive them. Mm. Who he gets mad at is the people who should know better, who say they know him, but behave like this. And I think that you can count on his zeal still to this day consuming him over his house. The only difference is his house is you and his house is me. And so I should protect his house. I should look out for his wow, house. So good. I should treat people right with his house. Mm -hmm. And I should receive people into his house. That's really good. I should, I should accept people into my life. And um, I should love people because he has zeal for his house and he wants to be their house. And they have them be his house. Mm -hmm. He wants to move into all these different people in the power of the Holy Spirit and make his home in them. And so his zeal for the house is the same as it was in those days. And, and it's, you know, continues to be, in my opinion, he continues to have outbursts of anger and he continues to have outbursts of joy and he continues to cry over people who won't do, who won't be what he's offered them. They, he offered them, the people of Jerusalem, how he would have gathered them under his wing and taken care of him, but they would not. And I think today he still has zeal for people who he would have gathered under his wing, but they would not. Mm. And, and that's a substantial number today around us. And in fact, he's becoming unpopular. But even as an unpopular um, you know, presence, he still has zeal for his house, which again, one more time, <laughs> is you and me. Yeah. Mm. So, so good. So if his house is now us, I guess one one of the 
uh, mindset changes for us is that then we are no longer our own, right? We, my life is no yeah. longer my own, mm. but Christ who lives in yeah. me. And the hope of glory, the hope that there'll be glory for Jesus Christ in the world is how I deal with his house. What, what do I do with his house? People will look at me, and if I don't do well, they I mean they will not like him. It's good. And I think if I do well, some won't like him. But it's it's this when they see him and they, you know, see him living in me and they see the attributes of the Holy Spirit in me, I think that's the hope of glory. That's where God gets glory from. And I think if every person understood that Jesus has zeal for his house and I'm his house and Jesus has a desire that his house be holy and that Jesus can only inhabit holiness, I think people would behave in a completely different manner. I think they'd live a totally different way. I think that quite a bit of the uh, media that's out there would have failed by now. Mm -hmm. I think that most of the music industry would have failed by now. It would have changed dramatically to be something far more wholesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's where country music started was an attempt to be wholesome because of their feelings about Jesus and in the, and their understanding of that they they represent him and that the hope for Jesus to get glory is in how they live their life as the house of God mm. as the dwelling place of his spirit and, and I, it is great it has changed it has greatly changed over the time to be a completely different thing than the holiness and purity of family and love and <clears throat> and godliness but it has become you know openly and outwardly it may have always been a, a debauchery but it's now it's now it's celebrated that mm-hmm. it's that it's you know off the left field there you know it's crazy and um but these things some of these people started with family values they tried to be funny they tried to do it in a wholesome family way but, but that was the influence of god in their lives yeah and i think that zeal for their house has consumed you i think that the hope of glory is them seeing jesus in me and then he gets the glory but I don't think everybody's seeing it that way. I don't think we're following it that way. And I think that's what he means here when he says this, when he wants us to know that, you know, he he is has zeal for his house, that he yeah. he cares what happens in his house, and that if it's the kingdom of God, we should not wrestle it to make it what we want it to be, but we should let the tenant, Jesus, take over and make it what he wants it to be. That's really good. Anything to add? I no, I just, I think the, the revelation of the crossover between he went after the temple and, and was very protective of the temple and the, cro- and the crossover with us, that he's very protective of us. Yeah. And he said it's a better, it would be better for a millstone to be put down around your neck than cause one of these, you know, mm-hmm. and cast in the sea than, ca- than cause one of these to stumble. I don't think we take seriously the command, the command of Christ that is um, to live your life like you're a temple and live, live my life like you're a temple. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the household of the Holy Spirit. And he's protective of it. I think it's, it, that is a fabulous, fabulous revelation to have. Yeah. That he, he probably s- soon will do that with us, mm. you know. And we, if, we, if we just recognize that we do house the Holy Spirit and we are the temple, I think, like Steve said, we'd live incredibly different lives. Yeah. So what we see in this story is um, greed of the Pharisees being right. the thing that motivates this response. Um, but greed probably isn't the only uh, issue that he might get zealous about. So what are some of the other issues at the heart that maybe 
today we might struggle with that would cause him to be unhappy about what's going on in this temple? I think just making, um, in my opinion, making um, a agreement with the world, mm-hmm. and the world says you got to, you got to have, you got to have college, you got to have success, you got to have pride, you got to be, you know, all the things the world says. You got to drive this car. You got to go. You know, uh, you got, it's Miller time. Um, you know, all the commercials, the alcohol, the. I think it's what's what's it called? Just it's not narcissism, but when you, the culture of communi- co- commercialization, oh. and you know, just me, 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 me. I don't think the Bible, and I don't. I'm definitely know the Bible and Jesus are not all about me, me, me. Mm. They're all about you, you, you. I'm supposed to be about you. Jesus came for me, 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 so I could be saved, so I could give to you, you, you. So um, everything, honestly, everything we bought into in, in so many ways, you know, comfort, yeah. um, you know, the house, the kids, the, the, the boat, the, you know, the vacations. Toys. The toys that we have to have. The weekend is ours, and it's, it's you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's Miller time. It's what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mm-hmm. All those things that we kind of bought into are just, I think he'd be very, I don't think he, he would like that as much. To just Because a lot of it is just destroying his temple. Yeah. I think clearly the issue of the heart that is everything Vicky just described, yeah. everything, is the word selfishness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There I think go. that by itself, there you go. 100%, is the battle of every Christian. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I think that's the battle for Christianity against the world. It's the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. It's the, the whole issue laid out here. Whoa. What is Jesus mad about? What's he running around swinging whips at? It's selfishness. And, he, I mean, every virtue of God's is based on a lack of, selfless, if, lack of selfishness. It would be the term selflessness. Mm. When the command of God is to love the Lord, when the command of God is to love one another, mm-hmm. either way, as you want to be loved or as Christ loved us, it's, it's the ultimate act of selflessness. Jesus in the cross, ultimate act of selflessness. The, you know, laying down Jesus' command to lay down your life for your brother, no greater love. Mm-hmm. Anybody who wants to be the, ser- the greatest in the kingdom of heaven must be the servant of all. It's all selflessness. Every affliction in the world, every affliction there is, including all the greed and power-hungry struggle these guys had to keep the people in check and keep the people under their thumb, was all selfishness. Mm-hmm. What he was asking of them throughout when he set up the, the, the temple, when he set up the priesthood from Levi, that the tribe of Levi would be the priest, when he set it up, it was intended to be a, a tribe of people rooted in selflessness. Mm-hmm. But what they became by the time we had the Pharisee Sadducees is they became selfishness. And so the key, I read the other day, what's the secret to a lifetime marriage of being in love? And there were some answers, man. It went on and on and on. Just, oh, people had every kind of thing from cooking to sex to every kind of thing, taking care of yourself, you know, just being real, just telling the truth. Well, you tell the truth too much and you're going to have a miserable marriage. And um, Well, you better clarify you know, that. Well, just you need to be honest. Yeah, you got to be. You, yeah. you, of course, you but be honest, but you don't. You don't tell. But what people call the truth is, I had to say you're ugly because you are, and I mean it's like that's not the truth. So people saying that is just what destroys relationships. You know, um, I had to tell the truth. You're you're you don't look good, and it's really just your opinion. It's just yeah. your opinion. Yeah. It's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah, but good. anyway, so I I write every time I come upon those posts. I always write. So the the key the secret to long life 
of being in love is selflessness. The key to a happy marriage, selflessness. The key to a happy life, selflessness. Um, faith, like what's the key to faith? Selflessness. Every, in every case, hmm. the answer is selflessness. That's good. When I ask God what's wrong with Oroville, when I seek, you know, what should we be working on? He said, the problem is selfishness. I said, no, Lord, I'm looking for the demon that controls Oroville. What is the control point of Oroville? Why are the people so led astray? We, the church, want to be able to speak into these things. He said, selfishness. I said, oh, my gosh. Clearly, wow. it's selfishness because he won't give me any other answer. So I said, well, what, what do I do about selfishness? Because I'm selfish. I'm feeding into the problem. Well, come in the opposite spirit. Live in the spirit of selflessness. And that's really the key in every sense of the word to the temple of God, be in his dwelling place. Mm -hmm. Surrendering your life to him is selflessness. It's really good. It is good. I don't know any other way. The conditions of the heart that the, the Lord comes in with a cord scourging and chasing and turning over tables and throwing you out is if you're selfish. Mm -hmm. If you're not selfish, if you're selfless, then you're starting to really walk in humility and uh, and kindness and goodness and love and all the all the all the fruit of the holy spirit mm -hmm. suddenly the holy spirit becomes the clothes you wear you you're not trying to love you become love you're not trying to show hey this is the way over here you're trying to become the way that other people can walk with you're trying to become the truth the truth set you free the truth set the truth made you whole now you become the truth so that they can find truth and become truth mm -hmm. And, you know, he's the way and the truth and the life. If I'm going to become like him, then I've got to become the way, the truth, and the life. I've got to become truth. I've got to become love. If he's the greatest expression of love through humility and this most selfless act of laying down your life yeah. in the most hideous manner for sinners while they were yet sinners, it says. Selfish. No selfless. guarantee any one of them will take you up on your forgiveness. No guarantee anyone will take him up. He can die on the cross, suffer, be beaten and horrif horrifically tr tortured, yeah. and nobody believe in him. And that, that's a risk he took with humankind. And that's the risk you and I take. If I'm, if I'm selfish and give everything away, then they have it all and I got nothing. And that's a risk you take. If God isn't real and he's not a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and he's not one who gives a hundredfold return on gifts then it's a huge risk. I'm going to give it all away, and now they have it, and I don't. Hmm. But for me, me and Vicky can tell you, we have a lifetime of giving it all away, and he's never left us. We've always received. His selflessness brings about the most incredible lifestyle of seeing God's hand in your life. Selfishness brings about a Lord with a whip <laughs> chasing you around, <laughs> calling you thieves and robbers, wow. calling you a den of thieves, you know, uh, it's it's like, no, no, thank you. Um, I met Jesus. I love Jesus. I don't ever want him chasing me. No. I don't want him to say I misrepresent him. Mm. I want him to say I represent him very well because I'm selfless. And so we talk a lot about love around here. To me, love's a terrible word for the English language. It's to apply God's God's emotion, God's actions to the word love is really, it really diminishes love because... Mm. God's love is so much greater than what us in the Western world call love. When we'll right. use, I love coffee and I love my wife. We'll say, I love Jesus. Oh, I love grass. 
or I love flowers. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the same way. It doesn't, it's not the same emotion. It's not the same thing. We use the same word. But I think selflessness, you know, I don't think you'd ever say, I'm selfless towards my flowers. Mm-hmm. I'm selfless towards my coffee. You'd never say it like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you're really saying is, I like very much my coffee. I like very much my flowers. But I love Jesus. I would give my life for him. I give my life into him. He gave his into me. He was selfless towards me. I'm selfless towards him. And uh, selfishness is the uh, human emotion that you started the question with that is most demonstrated in this story. These people were totally selfish. He was totally selfless coming in the form of a man. Emmanuel, born the birth canal, raised as a child, uh, submitted to a non-biological father. And then here he is in the temple when taking, the, taking up his father's work and finds them cheating, stealing, lying, selfish, coveting, and he throws them out because selfishness cannot live in God's temple. Wow. And I'm begging us all to really consider this. I know I'm still a selfish man, but I am working so hard. I look for effort. I look and make effort for selflessness to reign in my life. And I'm just, you know, whoever's listening... Come to Jesus. You can't do it on your own. He, he causes us to be born again, and he perfects us. And I would have no help of, no hope of changing if he didn't change me. And so I have to surrender and submit to him my attitude of selfish, selfishness and beg him for selflessness to reign and rule in my life. That's really good. Anthony, you want to add to No, it's great. I think that's, honestly, I think that's, that is what is, ex- it is so examined in the story. Yeah. It's just selfishness, all the things that, you know, I talked about it. it's just just it's for it's about me. That all they were doing is about mm. is feed me, give me money. You know, I'm and just was and Jesus doesn't like that. Yeah. Me over you is what they're saying you. to these people. Me yeah. over you, it's good. Mm. So a prayer that would be good, I think, to pray, which might <laughs> bring about some answers we don't like, but would be Lord, show me the selfish places in my life. Oh yeah, if you you're willing to do yeah. that, it would be really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to do that, I, and it's, you know, I just, I just want to keep walking towards the cross, and, and I do want Him to show me. I want, the, I want God's discipline in my life, mm. and I want to know where I'm wrong. And it's, it's a hard thing to look at, because, because oftentimes, you know, we're pastors. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, that you're selfish, you know. Um, so, I think that'd be a great prayer to pray. Yeah. I'm gonna pray it. Yeah. Mm. And He always shows me. Yeah. He always takes us. Yep. Further, right? We, you know, we first of all, it's the obvious things, and then maybe it becomes the less obvious less things. Obvious. But there's more. There How about is. just forgiveness? Right. That's selfishness too. I mean, I don't yeah. deserve yeah. forgiveness, and I don't want to give forgiveness. Yeah. You, and that's selfish, right? You right. don't want to give anybody forgiveness, but you've been forgiven. Anybody. But yeah. I've been forgiven, right. but I don't want to give it away. Yeah, that's selfish. I mean, like I want you yeah. to earn it. I want you to pay me back yeah. for yeah. the pain you've caused me. Yeah. And it's like even that. It's just it's forgive me, forgiven. You'll be if you not don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. It's like because selfishness never brings about the fruit of selflessness. If selflessness brings about wow, the fruit so of selflessness. And Jesus was selfless, and he's rewarding selflessness. And he was passionate. And again, when you hear me say selfless, just think of the word love in an agape love sense, not a Western world love, mm-hmm. but a love of giving yourself. Yeah. I, give, I, give, I, I truthfully, with all of my heart, believe I would die in Vicky's place even if she were guilty of deserving death I would ask could I die in her place could she live I, I know this for a fact that I would do this for, with her you know and, and it's selfless I have no 
I would give her everything in my life. And I think about him and what he gave me. I also would do that for Jesus. Now, it should be a lot more people than just Vicky and Jesus. Mm-hmm. I believe in my heart it is. But, you know, we'll see yeah. when the time comes. It might, be easier, it might be easier to, to die for someone, but it, it's, it's, it's almost more selfish to live for someone Selfless. uh, selflessly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like you take a bullet, you're, okay, you're done, you know, but to, to, to forgive someone who's wronged you yeah. and you want to have them pay mm-hmm. the consequences because they hurt you so deeply, and that's tough. Yeah. That's, you know, and so living selflessly is way more, I think, I don't want to contradict Steve, but I think it's, it's don't you agree, sometimes it's, oh, yeah. it's a day-to-day it's people who just, yeah. mm-hmm, I think that cost. really is dying for yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think living for them is dying on a daily basis, which is way harder than and that's dying, love. Yep. And dying once. Yep. And, and, yeah, I think if you're asking me to die for you every day, you go too far. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. no, I'll take a bullet that's for too, you, that's but too, I won't say you're won't. right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Come on, that's funny. funny. Well, I think on that note, let's land the plane before we get too far. Yeah, into, into of my, course, into yeah. Our, marriage, <laughs> yeah. our marriage things, huh? Land in a different airport. It's but, <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> but, Turkish uh, Airlines. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back next time. Yep. Bye. Have a great work week. Week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or would even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.